This week on the Iowa Watch Connection. Not only has their life changed, your life changes too. Because you have to, you know, mold yourself around um, their new lifestyle. The disease changes families. It could be decades that somebody's diagnosed and just... Their, their mind is gone, they don't remember their family, they don't know anybody. And puts a unique strain on loved ones. Addressing that head on and, and getting younger generations involved to kind of eliminate that stigma is, is going to be critical. The Alzheimer's Tsunami, our topic this week. The Iowa Watch Connection is presented by the Iowa Center for Public Affairs Journalism, online at iowawatch.org. Here is Jeff Stein. There is no such thing as a good disease, but some seem even more cruel than others. Dementia and Alzheimer's are among those. Often the body is strong, but the mind dies bit by bit. For children, the parents they once knew as strong and protective become helpless and childlike. For spouses, the boy or girl they fell in love with and raised a family with now may not even recognize them. In association with news partner HuffPost, the Iowa Center for Public Affairs Journalism has published a package of stories analyzing the issue and its various effects. Freelance journalist Cindy Haddish wrote much of the material for Iowa Watch, and she has our story. Alan Scherer was a financial officer in another life. Now 76, Alan suffers from Alzheimer's disease a severe form of dementia that erodes the brain to a point long past simply forgetting things, to forgetting even to swallow or breathe, bringing on death. The Shares live in West Des Moines now, where Ann talks about the day leading to Ellen's diagnosis in 2010 that he has Alzheimer's. The straw that broke the camel's back was finding a carton of milk on a turnstile in the cabinet which can happen to anybody, but on top of always misplacing keys, always misplacing the wallet, repeating stories, obsessive, uh, like we take a trip and counting the luggage, and just behaviors that all together. W Alan was always called the absent-minded brilliant man, and then it started to go from cute to acute. Alan is one of 64,000 Iowans estimated to be living with Alzheimer's disease. Many in healthcare worry that Iowa's growing aging population will feed what some health experts call a pending Alzheimer's tsunami, for which Iowa and the rest of the nation are ill-prepared. The Alzheimer's Association predicts an estimated 7.1 million Americans aged 65 and older could have Alzheimer's by 2015 unless a cure is found. That's an increase of almost 35%. So we're working like crazy to, to live longer, but um, you know, we're exposing ourselves to that, you know, to that probability. Um, in Iowa, in uh, 2017, there were 64,000 identified cases. Uh, of individuals with Alzheimer's in 2025 is expected to grow to 75,000. So that's a 14% growth in that period of time. That's Tim Charles, the Chief Executive Officer at Mercy Medical Center in Cedar Rapids. 
Charles saw the wave coming, and in December 2015, Mercy Medical Center opened a caregiver center that serves primarily people with Alzheimer's and their caregivers. You know, tsunami is kind of a hyperbole. I realize that, but um, I, I think it's it's just the understanding that as we're aging, the the number of new cases is just mm -hmm. going to continue to grow, um, and under the current circumstances, we really don't have a way to slow the pace of that. Alan Scherer has good and bad days. This particular day, when I spoke with Ann and Alan, was a good one. You're from New Jersey? New Jersey? So, where are you from? Yeah, Al Alan Scherer. Where are you from, honey? Maplewood, New Jersey. Maplewood, New Jersey. Okay. The disease has a huge impact on the afflicted person's caregiver, often a spouse, but also adult children. Called the sandwich generation, adults in their 20s, 30s, and 40s often end up taking care of both their children at home along with their parent, typically while trying to hold down a job as well. And Cher's 72nd birthday lands in December. Their children are not in the home, but her days are intense, with Anne doing everything Ellen otherwise would do for himself. I was a caretaker. I became a caretaker, and that's number one. Making sure that even though we live in the moment, that every moment that we live in had meaning for him. So, right, Papa? Anne explains in our interview that Alan cannot recognize words. Ask him to hand her a stuffed animal and he struggles, she says. I test numbers, letters. Can you recognize th there was an airplane and a, and a birthday cake? No. No, doesn't have the words for them. Doesn't have the words, right, Papa? Say, so you can say whatever you want to say. I can say. say a lot of things. Oh, I know. I know. I understand everything you said. Okay. But I'm just saying that through the Alzheimer's, sometimes you don't recognize. That's, that's possible. Right. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what the word is for this that I put on my finger? Do you know what that's called? So that's all I'm talking about, that you know what it is, yeah, yeah. but you lost some of the words for it, that's all. This is Arbor Springs, a West Des Moines care center specializing in treating people with dementia. Residents live in wings where staff can give them attention. On this particular day, residents are playing memory games. One of those in the activity was Enid Blevins, who is 96. Her daughter-in-law, Barb Blevins, works as a volunteer at Arbor Springs, but also was caring for Enid when we caught up with her at the center in August 2017. Enid doesn't realize her son died. Alzheimer's, Barb Blevins says, is a life changer. Not only has their life changed, your life changes too because you have to, you know, mold yourself around um, their new lifestyle. And you want to try to make them as happy and comfortable as you possibly can. Her mother-in-law is lucky. Enid worked hard as an English professor and saved enough to afford the care by paying privately without insurance. Arbor Springs only accepts 
private pay residence. A room there costs $290 a day. Monica Keel, the facility's marketing director, says that gives Arbor Springs the luxury of having a staff-to-patient ratio of 1 to 5. The approach Arbor Spring uses has resulted in having the rare designation for Iowa of being a continuing care retirement community, or CCRC, Keel explains. It's pretty unusual for just a straight-out skilled nursing facility to be designated as a CCRC. Typically, you see that designation at a campus that would have independent living, assisted living, and a nursing home. We are strictly skilled nursing, but the reason we got the CCRC um, designation is because we can take care of all stages of dementia. But most people cannot afford a place like Arbor Springs. Their refuge comes from Medicaid. More on that later in our report, but this reliance on Medicaid presents challenges. Other challenges include how the nation is responding to Alzheimer's, Charles, the chief executive officer at Mercy Medical Center in Cedar Rapids, says. Charles says he is frustrated by what he suggests is a slow pace in the pharmacy industry of addressing Alzheimer's as a nation. Responses in the 1970s to medical problems like cardiovascular disease and cancer were faster and with progress, he said. One of the frustrating things, I believe, about Alzheimer's, and, and this really kind of ties into the research that's being done, is, um, you know, there's some four, 240 different drugs that have been tri uh, in trial, um, and I think only one was actually approved for continued use. Kathy Good was a social worker, and yet she felt overwhelmed when becoming a caregiver for her husband, David Good. David, from Cedar Rapids, was a district court judge. He died in 2015 at the age of 56. I felt like it had taken all of my social work skills to be able to figure out how to do that, navigate the systems, put it together, run it. And I used to think, and my stress was still high, and I used to think, what do people do, <laughs> okay, who, do not, who are not social workers, who haven't spent their whole lives trying to figure out how to solve problems? For Kathy Good is director of Mercy Medical Center's Family Caregiver Center of Mercy in Cedar Rapids. She helps others who deal with concerns over the cost of medical care for their loved ones, but also managing their time. I know from my perspective, when Dave was at home, I know I was spending more than 40 hours a week um, in, in his care. And even when he went to Hallmark, which is a good care center, okay, I still was spending probably 30 hours a week um, being with him, feeding him, advocating for him, you know, taking care of physically. So it is very time intensive. Back in West Des Moines, Anne and Alan Shearer cope day by day with his advancing illness. He gets pleasure from music, Anne notes. In fact, both Anne and Alan enjoy singing together. So we ask Alan to sing a song for us. My, oh my, what a wonderful day. Plenty of times, plenty of days. Mr. Bluebird, on my shoulder, it's the truth, it's actual. Everything is satisfaction. Wonderful feeling. Wonderful day. Good job. Thank you. And Cindy Haddish joins me now. How did you come to report on this topic? 
Well, I had heard a lot of people who are, um, they have parents or loved ones diagnosed with Alzheimer's and um, take a look at the numbers and see if there's an increasing number of people diagnosed with it and just what the effects might be if there are changes to Medicaid, which is really the only safety net for that population. What surprised you the most as you did the interviews, the research, and the reporting on this topic? I guess there weren't too many surprises. Just um, having these people open up and uh, talk about what it means, you just rarely hear from this population. They're so busy trying to take care of their loved ones, and so just hearing that uh, different voice was uh, eye-opening for me. What is the thing that you think is going to need to be done? Obviously, as a reporter, you just report what you are told and and draw the connections in in a storytelling fashion. But what is going to need to be done in order to make sure that this vulnerable population of Iowans and of Americans is still cared for appropriately? Well, the numbers just keep going up and up. The expenses go up. The more people who are diagnosed, unless there's a cure found, those numbers are, are just going to keep skyrocketing. So... The answer is finding a cure, but (laughs) absent that, it's just a difficult situation. You just have to um, take care of this population the best you can, and and that means probably more Medicaid dollars rather than cuts to Medicaid. Are there other alternatives or other answers that might help provide the care needed, but perhaps with a greater efficiency in terms of resources, both human resources and financial resources? There are um, more attention to in-home care. Um, It's obviously less expensive to take care of a loved one at home than a a nursing home. So, um, and there are cuts though to those in-home types of care. And so um, that would be more efficient, but you just have to look at the system as a whole to, to do that, to make those efficiencies. Freelance reporter Cindy Haddish prepared the material in the Alzheimer's series for the Iowa Center for Public Affairs Journalism. When we come back, an interview with a man who has experience with the effects of Alzheimer's from a variety of perspectives. That's next as the Iowa Watch Connection continues. Support for the Iowa Watch Connection comes from the Iowa Insurance Division's Iowa Fraud Fighters Program. This statewide initiative educates Iowans on how to double-check before they invest and shield their savings from scammers. Thousands of Iowans have attended fraud fighter forums across the state to learn about new scams circulating in their area and how to stay a step ahead of fraudsters. Learn how to fight fraud and why it is important to report scams at iowafraudfighters.gov. The Iowa Watch Connection radio program is part of a statewide audience engagement project organized by the Iowa Center for Public Affairs Journalism, an independent, nonprofit, nonpartisan news organization. The center is dedicated to producing high-quality investigative and community affairs journalism in Iowa, while also training journalism students to do this work at a high ethical level. The center is found online at iowawatch.org. Welcome back to the Iowa Watch Connection. I'm Jeff Stein. 
We continue our report on the effects of Alzheimer's in Iowa by talking with a man who has a unique perspective on the topic. Freelance reporter Cindy Haddish conducted the interview. Lyle Muller, the executive director and editor of the Iowa Center for Public Affairs Journalism, has the details. Until recently, Brandon Geib was the public policy director at the Iowa Alzheimer's Association. That's where we caught up with him while working on this story. He was a lobbyist for his association, but also has seen Alzheimer's in a personal way. He has a grandmother in the disease's moderate stages. A big concern for people with Alzheimer's is the cost for care, especially in a nursing home. Medicaid paid for $576 million in 2015 to care for Iowans diagnosed with Alzheimer's, state figures show. And Iowa's Department of Human Services reports that more than $64 million was spent in the fiscal year that ended June 30, 2017, just on long-term care facilities for people diagnosed with Alzheimer's. Obviously, Medicaid can cover more than, than kind of long-term nursing facility stays, um, but Medicaid is really the only coverage for um, a lot of, of long-term nursing facility stays. So that's a primary component of, of what those one in four Iowans or Americans are on Medicaid. That's kind of the primary component of what they use it for. Um, so obviously being able to access a nursing facility is, is critical. Guybe says a lot of people don't understand that Medicaid, not Medicare, covers long-term nursing home stays. So pending changes in Medicaid delivery are a big deal for people with Alzheimer's. Obviously, if you're relying on Medicaid to pay for nursing facilities, which you know can be in the thousands of dollars in terms of, of private cost, um, if Medicaid is covering that, sometimes that is the only way for people to be in a nursing facility um, and to ha get the care that they need by trained, paid caregivers. Um, so, you know, yeah, if Medicaid were to go away or to, were to be altered so that it, it didn't allow for the payment of that kind of, of long-term care, it could be devastating. Um, oftentimes, you know, when it's time for someone with dementia to enter a nursing facility, uh, they don't have a lot of options left because the disease has progressed so far that their family is typically unable to care for them. Um, and so not being able to get into a facility uh, would be a terrible thing. Beyond money concerns, Guy talked with us about a few other topics. Training, for example, or rather the lack of adequate training for caregivers. Nothing in life, you know, if you're not a, a trained nurse, uh, prepares you for having a spouse or a parent that, that doesn't know how to conduct themselves, you know, on daily activities, how to feed themselves, how to bathe themselves. Um, and when you couple that oftentimes with uh, certain behaviors that, that are, are known to people with dementia, especially, you know, aggressive behaviors, um, it can be very challenging because oftentimes you, you look at, at this person who you've known for your whole life and they're not acting like the person that they used to. And that can be very scary, and we always remind them, you know, well, that's not the person that they are. That's the disease. Um, but those, those aggressive behaviors can often be very, very challenging, and that's where a nursing facility is crucial because they should be able to handle those aggressive behaviors. With Iowa's demographics showing the share of people age 65 and growing, the natural question for people trying to help those with Alzheimer's, especially with the tightening rules for Medicaid, becomes this. Is Iowa prepared for this anticipated growth in the number of Iowans with Alzheimer's? 
You know, I think there's always more that can be done. Um, right now in Iowa, you know, we're seeing a tremendous issue with uh, access to nursing facilities, especially for patients uh, and residents who have, who are exhibiting uh, behaviors, so uh, particularly aggressive behaviors. And so finding them placement in nursing facilities can be very difficult. Um, and that's really a state-centered problem. We've, we've asked other states, surrounding states to Iowa, and they, they say, no, we don't really have that issue. So uh, it's something that we're working closely with kind of the overarching umbrella organizations for the nursing facilities and obviously with the state to identify, you know, what the problem is and how we can increase access um, so that, that these folks aren't forced to return home from the hospital or, or wherever when they're discharged. I don't think it's a secret to Iowans that, that Iowa has an aging population, but I don't think for a lot of Iowans, Alzheimer's is on their radar until they, until they have to know about it. Um, I mean, we get calls every day from someone that just says, you know, my husband was just diagnosed. Uh, I googled Alzheimer's and your association came up. I don't know what I need or, or what needs to happen, but what can you give me? And so I think it's, it's imperative that we as an association continue to build that concern and awareness um, among our community so that, that they can identify it. And I think that also goes to the larger point of needing to address the stigma of Alzheimer's disease. I think it's something that for the older population in the state, a lot of them don't want to talk about. Brandon Guy, former public policy director at the Iowa Alzheimer's Association. Before we leave you today, a word of thanks. Iowa Watch is operated by a nonprofit corporation, meaning we rely on donations and grants to fund the journalism we do. Last fall, we asked you to consider making a donation to our end-of-the-year news match effort, where your qualified donation was fully matched by a grant from the Knight Foundation. Thanks to your generosity, we raised $19,000 in matchable funds, a great showing in a short time. We're most grateful. And a reminder, you can donate to support nonpartisan, in-depth journalism anytime by going to iowawatch.org. And that brings us to the end of this week's program. We're back again next week at this same time. I'm Jeff Stein. Thanks for joining us. And we hope you'll make the Iowa Watch Connection again next week. The Iowa Watch Connection is a copyrighted presentation of the Iowa Center for Public Affairs Journalism, which is solely responsible for its content. For more information about the center, including how you can contribute so high-quality investigative and community affairs journalism and student training can continue, go online, iowawatch.org.